Before we start the program, I want to introduce you to an event that's coming up this August. The Loma Linda Institute of Worship is offering a worship leadership certificate to help leaders and pastors take their congregation's worship experience to the next level. This August 9-12 through 12 event will include presenters Randy Roberts, Adriana Pereira, Nicholas Zork, Wayne Buckner, Richard Hickam, and more, and provide the opportunity to perform on stage with Steve Green and the Heritage Singers. Come sing, pray, write new music, share testimonies and resources, and grow together with like-minded worship leaders from across the world. Go to LLIW.net to register. Camille was born in 1988 in the spring of that year. She was the pride and joy of her proud parents, Sandra and Paul. They had dedicated her to the Lord when she was just an infant. Camille was a happy child with a bubbling and cheerful personality. And early in life, she adopted her parents' religion and love for God as her own. Her mother raised her as a single parent after her father died when she was just eight years old from an accident he had on his job. As Camille grew, her love for the Lord increased. Her peers always remembered her as the young girl that always loved to go to Sabbath school and who loved to invite her friends to church service. She played the violin and piano and would often lend her musical talents to play at church events and programs. Her favorite hymn was Shelter in the Time of Storm. Camille was a bright student and she graduated from high school with high academic honors and matriculated into college as a pre-med student with high hopes of becoming a medical doctor. Sandra, Camille's mother, began to grow concerned about Camille's company that she was keeping because she was becoming friends with those who did not share the same values that she shared as a Christian. Camille knew that she and her friends were walking on different paths, but her rationale was to hopefully win her friends to Jesus Christ. She realized that this was a problem for her and didn't quite know how to deal with it. So she decided that she would get rebaptized and recommit her life to Jesus. During this time, however, she was invited to a house party, which she had determined would be the last time she would attend an ungodly gathering like this with her friends. But when the party ended, she got a ride home with two of her friends who had been drinking heavily and doing drugs. On the way home, they were involved in a tragic car accident doing over 100 miles per hour where the vehicle rolled over on the freeway. Camille lost her life that night in that deadly crash. Just one week before her baptism and one year before her college graduation. For just a moment, Camille allowed the cares of this world and the influence of her friends to lead her away from Christ. Now, I believe that Camille will be saved in the kingdom because she had already recommitted her life to Christ and she had planned to be rebaptized. But the question that I ponder in my mind is what might her life have become had she not strayed? What influence for good might she have had in the world for the kingdom of Jesus Christ? In the scripture reading that we heard so beautifully read today, the great feast of the loaves and the fishes are ended. 
The holiday spirit and sense of sensationalism has subsided. The Lord has concluded his great sermon on the meaning of the eternal bread of life. He has told those who were assembled there that day by the thousands that his kingdom is not a kingdom of flesh and blood. He has warned them about, the, about being overly concerned about the physical dimensions of life, and he strongly asserted that he was not going to set up his kingdom here on earth as they had wanted. He has denied any intent of rebellion against the powerful, painful, and punitive Roman oppressor, the sign and sensation seekers now see that he will not keep on multiplying physical miracles ad infinitum. So now, the great admiring throngs who had come around him have now turned their way away from Jesus. They turned aside from him. He has confirmed once more that the vast majority of the Israelites were merely sign seekers. When the signs gave way to the sermon, when the attraction gave way to the application, and the miracles gave way to the master's main message of meaningful dedication, they went away, and the Bible says they followed him no more. And while the dust of their departure is still settling, Christ turns and asks the twelve, will you also go away? The poignancy and pathos of the moment is overwhelming. He poses this perennial proposition not only to the twelve, but to all in the future who might consider the possibility of true discipleship. And so today, the question echoes down to us here in this sanctuary and those watching online, will you also go away? Brothers and sisters, I declare to you this morning that staying with Jesus is the only sure way to survive the storms and vicissitudes of life. Let me repeat that again. Staying connected with Jesus is the only sure way to survive the storms and the, and the vicissitudes of life. An acclaimed church pianist leaves the church and joins a popular rock band. A church elder leaves the church and becomes a satanic cult leader. And a Bible worker renounces her faith in Christ and becomes an adult film producer. You may say, what causes someone who was once a faithful Christian to renounce Christ and choose another path? Well, the church pianist said that he could not refuse the offer and allure to play with one of the greatest rock bands in history. The elder turned cult leader said he did not want to separate from his wife, who was also a cult member. And the former Bible worker turned adult film producer said she never quite conquered her desire for that lifestyle. These once walked with Jesus, when the storms of life and the allurement of the world pressed down upon them, they eventually fell away for various reasons. Sometimes, my brothers and sisters, when we take our eyes off of Jesus Christ for even a moment, we can become led astray by the enticements in our environment. No matter what our position is in life, 
circumstances will arise that will challenge our faith in God, but we must learn to stay anchored, anchored to Jesus Christ through the storms of life because staying with Jesus is the only sure way to survive the storms of life. You know, the Apostle Paul, he learned this lesson. The book of Acts chapter 27 records one of the most profound lessons on staying with Christ during difficult times. It tells of an experience Paul had as a maximum security prisoner sailing on the high seas to Rome to be tried as a criminal. On the way, the ship ran into the path of a ferocious storm with hurricane-force winds, the Bible called Eurachlodon, a dangerous storm that I would imagine much like Hurricane Dorian, which is still wreaking havoc on the East Coast as we speak. There were 275 other prisoners on the ship besides Paul. At the height of the storm, things got so bad and all hope was lost by everyone on board. The prisoners became so fearful and desperate, at one point they decided to jump overboard and perish in the violence of the sea. This is when Paul gave them this counsel in Acts 27 and verse 31, and he said, except these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. But thank God that Paul was on board, hallelujah. Thank God Paul was on board. Because for his sake and his mission from God to witness for Jesus in Rome, God spared the life of Paul, all the prisoners, and the entire crew. Not one soul was lost on that ship. Hallelujah. Metaphorically speaking, the ship represents Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, unless you and I stay in Christ, when Eurachlodon wreaks havoc on our lives, we too will not stand a chance of being saved. You know, the Bible is replete with testimonies of God's people who learn to trust God in the storms, in the difficult times of their lives. Noah trusted God, though he was mocked and ridiculed for building a boat on dry land. Moses stayed faithful to God when he was commissioned to deliver the message, let my people go to the Egyptian superpower of his day. Joseph was unwavering, unwavering in his allegiance to the God of heaven, though he found himself serving a life sentence in Pharaoh's dungeon for a crime that he did not even commit. Job, remember Brother Job? Job endured the loss of all his possessions, his health, his family. Yet in his trying hour, he faithfully said, the Lord giveth. The Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. When Elijah stood for Jesus on Mount Carmel against the prophets of Baal, God showed up and demonstrated in miraculous display, infinite power, what he will do when you stay with Jesus. Daniel decided that he would rather spend the night in a lion's den than compromise on his commitment to God. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego stood as firm witnesses for Christ when they faced the death decree in Babylon. Remember Sister Esther? Esther said, if I perish, I perish. And she stayed the course when she faithfully stood for her people and for her God. That's what commitment looks like. And then there is the preacher 
of repentance, Brother John the Baptist, in his righteous indignation, who called sin by his right name, and he was beheaded for taking a bold stand for Jesus Christ. James, Stephen, Peter, Paul, and the apostles were committed to the cause of Christ, and when the enemy came in on them like a flood, they did not abandon their godly obligation. But I guarantee you it was not easy. It took commitment on their part. Wycliffe, Martin Luther, Calvin, Jerome, Huss, and many other reformers chose to be burned at the stake and fed to wild beasts in Colosseums rather than fall away from Christ. Mm. And many ordinary saints right here in our own church, right here in our own community, right here in your own families, they have gone through trials and tribulations, yet they have stayed with Christ, and they have died, some of them, clinging to the promise that their names are written in the Lamb's book of life, and he will call them to the first resurrection. Hallelujah. My grandmother, who we called Big Mama, she died at the ripe age of 97 about 10 years ago, in good health and strength, wasn't sick, the night before she died, she was at a party, a Holy Ghost party. Um, <laughs> let me get that straight. She was at a Holy Ghost party um, doing line dancing with her granddaughter. And the next morning, she just fell asleep with the Bible in her hand. And she waits now for the resurrection. But about 10 years before she died, I said, Big Mama, I said, you have lived a good, long, good, long life and and God has been so good to you. I said, I know you've been through some struggles and trials because I've heard the stories of how my grandfather, who was her husband, uh, he wasn't a Christian. And when she became a Christian, he got mad and angry, and he used to curse, and he used to abuse her and beat her and the kids. And, and I said, why didn't you leave him? She said, well, I just put him in God's hand, baby. I just put him in God's hands. And, you know, God has a funny way of doing things. God caused my grandfather to be in an accident and lose his leg. And from that point forth, he came home every night. Have mercy. What a mighty God we serve. I said, Big Mama, so you, about 95, this is some years later, 95 now, you've lived a long life. She said, a long life? I've not lived long at all. She said, let me talk to me about 10,000 years into eternity. That's what I'm looking for. She said, I'm looking to make heaven my home. I'm looking to spend eternity with Christ. If I live to be 100 down here, that's nothing in compared to eternity. She said, that's what I've clung to, and that's what gave me the courage to be strong in my commitment to God. So all of these stayed with Jesus in the darkest hours of their lives and were given the promise of Jesus when he said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. It's as though they grabbed a verse from that wonderful Negro spiritual which says, done made my vow to the Lord and I never will turn back. I will go. I shall go to see what the end will be. Going to serve my Lord as long as I have breath so I can meet him after my death. I will go, I shall go, to see what the end will be. And then there's Jesus Christ himself, the faithful and true witness, he that was dead and is alive, who stayed true to his mission, endured the cross, conquered death, and he taught us how to stay with him. So the question I would ask today is, are you with him? Am I with him? Are we with him? When your Eurachlodon comes to you in the form of a divorce or the death of a child, will you remain faithful to Jesus during that time? 
When you get laid off from your dream job and the bank forecloses on your house, will you stay close to Jesus then? When you are tempted to abandon your moral principles for temporary and fleeting pleasure, when the doctor tells you you have stage four cancer and you don't have long to live, will you stay with Jesus then? I know a little bit about that reality. My baby sister Gretchen was told that about seven months ago that she had stage four cancer, breast cancer. It was a recurrence after being in remission for about 10 years from before, I mean about 20 years. And I remember as a family, we were and still are praying for her. And um, I asked, I said, Gretchen, how do, you, how do you feel about this? She said, well, God brought me through before and I know that he can bring me through again if he chooses to. But if he chooses not to, I'm going to remain firm with him. I'm going to remain committed to him. I know that eternity is what it's all about. This temporal life will pass anyway. And only eternity is what matters. Praise God. I say, praise God. I say, well, then, sis, I have nothing more to say. You're ready then. Praise God. He did choose to bring healing to her body. And she's doing well today. Someone say amen. Amen, amen. So when you're tempted to delve into pornography or drugs or alcohol as a church member, will you still follow Jesus or will you walk away? What will you do when your Eurachlodon knocks at your door? Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed? So the question is, how do you weather the storm and stay with Jesus when Eurachlodon knocks on your door? The first thing I would say is say no to the world. When the, enemy of, when the enemy of life comes in and makes what appears to be an attractive offer, just say no. Satan never tells us in the beginning what Paul Harvey used to call the rest of the story. He only shows us enough to allure us. He never reveals immediately the immense devastation and pain that sin will ultimately bring into our lives. My mother used to tell us as children that sin would take you further than you want to go and keep you longer than you plan to stay. Number two, prepare for the storm. Know that life will not always be smooth sailing. The storms will come, but before they do, predetermine in your mind that you will stay with Jesus no matter what situation comes your way. Hallelujah. Just like with Hurricane Dorian, I heard them on TV telling those who were in Florida, the storm is very slow, but get prepared for it now. And some people say, oh my goodness, it's taking so long, I'm just going to stay home. I'm not going to worry about it. Do not be deceived. Prepare ahead of time. The storm is coming. Board your house. As I saw them boarding their houses with the wood. Shelter your life. Insulate yourself in Jesus Christ so that you are ready when the storms come your way. Number three, let Jesus be your storm shelter. Find refuge in Christ and know that in Christ is the safest place to be in the midst of a storm. Hallelujah. Why? Because Jesus is a storm chaser. His disciples said, wow, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the storms obey him. Hallelujah. And number four, anchor your soul. Anchor your soul to Jesus Christ. Ask Jesus to forgive you for your sins. Repent 
and develop a close relationship with God by diligently studying his word and communing with him through an active prayer life. Pray for sanctification. This would be an answer to Jesus' prayer for you. Now, I want you to know today that it will not be easy. Life is not easy. Some things will come your way that will shake you to the very core of your spiritual foundation. Know that. As my mother used to say, if you haven't experienced it yet, son, just keep living. Hallelujah. Hmm. And sometimes praying may not be enough. Sometimes you have to fast and pray. Sometimes you may have to say like Jacob, I will not let you go, Lord, until you bless me. Sometimes when your words fail, you may have to moan in the midnight hour and know that God is there hearing you through your struggle. In John chapter 17, Jesus prayed to his father for three things the night before his crucifixion. Number one, he prayed for himself. Number two, he prayed for his disciples. And number three, he prayed for us. Amen. That we would be more than Christians, but sanctified Christians, filled with the Holy Spirit by the power of God's Word. In his par parable about the ten virgins, Jesus gives an illustration of how easy it is to drift away from him. The five foolish virgins had become complacent in their relationship with Jesus. You see, they had let the cares and amusements of this life distract them to the point to where they had taken their eyes off of Jesus, and whenever we do that, we can only fall away. Assuming that their salvation was secure because there was no outward indication that an inward change had occurred, they fell into the fatal slumber, completely void of the Holy Spirit, and unaware that they were even lost. And when the bridegroom came at midnight, they were not prepared to go with him, and he did not recognize them as his own. So, my brothers and sisters today, do not let this happen to you. Don't be discouraged by the storms you will face in your life. Are you of Jesus? If you are, stay with him and stay anchored to Jesus Christ. Don't let anything come between you and your salvation with God. Someone say amen. The old Negro spiritual said it best in the lyrics, ain't going to let nobody turn me around. I'm going to keep on walking. I'm going to keep on talking, marching up the king's highway. Amen. The apostle Paul said in Romans 8, 38, for I am persuaded, for I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, that's good news today. Someone say amen. Oh, yes. John Huss and Jerome of Prague, two of the major players in the Protestant Reformation, met their Eurachlodon, or their storm, their bold stand for the testimony of Jesus Christ placed them on a collision course, course with death. And they were given two options. One, relinquish their faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ and live, or stay with Jesus and be burned at the stake. Which one would you have taken? Hmm. Huss sealed his fate in his own blood by remaining unflinchingly faithful to Jesus Christ, even unto death. But Jerome, his longtime friend and partner in ministry, 
when placed in the fiery furnace of affliction, yielded to the fear of death and denied his faith in Jesus in his most trying hour. But knowing the testimony of Jesus Christ to be true and how his friend Huss suffered a martyr's death for staying with Jesus, it laid heavily on his heart and on his conscience and so robbed him of his peace that he rescinded his denial of Jesus and ultimately faced the same death and fate as his friend. This morning, the testimony of Huss and Jerome stand as an encouragement to God's people today. And Jerome in particular is an example that if you have strayed away, you can make a change and recommit your life to Jesus Christ right now. Hallelujah. And our Savior will be right there with his arms open wide to accept you no matter what you've done, no matter what your past is. He is there with open arms saying, come unto me. Brothers and sisters, all that live in Christ will experience the storms of life. But when your Eurachlodon blows on your life, I implore you, I beg you, I beseech you to stay with Jesus and remain faithful to him because at the end of it all, great will be your reward. My brothers and sisters, we live in, in, in fearful times and dangerous times as the end of the world approaches, and we never know quite who's right amongst us dealing with what situation. Well, I didn't know that. And during the Sabbath school times, I sat over there about an hour ago. The head deacon came to me and said, someone needs to see you in the back of the sanctuary right away. I went there, and there's a young man who was there, and I hope he's still here now. I think he is. He said that I have been struggling with demons in my life. A hundred of them have been on me, and now I believe there are 40 of them left, the demon said, who are, who are taunting me and, 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 and troubling my spirit every day. My head deacon and I, we went back and prayed with the young man and told him that God is greater than any demon in his life and that greater is he who is in him than he who is in the world. And I'm praying for him, and I want you to pray for him too, that God will give this young man the victory. Someone say amen. We never know who's amongst us, but God has placed us to be here for these people. So brothers and sisters, I want to say to you that whatever you do, don't give up now, for great is your reward in heaven. Eternal life you can look forward to. Don't give up now, great is your reward. You can look forward to spending eternity with Jesus. Don't give up now, for great is your reward. You can look forward to walking on streets of gold. Don't give up now, for your reward is too great. You can look forward to being reunited with family members and friends who have gone on before. Don't give up on him now. For a living one day, you will be in a living of a land of faithless day, where there will be no night. Why? Because Jesus, the Lamb of God, will be the light throughout all of eternity. Now that good news ought to make somebody shout amen today. The song says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. Who here today will join me in committing or recommitting your life to Jesus, saying that you make a recommitment today to follow Jesus all the way, no turning back, 
no turning back. If this is your commitment, let me see you just by your waving of your hand. I have decided to follow Jesus.